Hi, this is Carol Miller, and welcome to our Get the Let Out calendar. On January 7th, 1973, Led Zeppelin resumed their UK tour after canceling their last two dates because Robert Plant had the flu. They played as scheduled at the New Theatre in Oxford, England. Robert's voice had been suffering during his illness, but now both he and his voice were on the rebound. The soundboard recording from Oxford has been released. Following the Oxford show, Led Zeppelin were about to get the rest of the week off touring, but they still had 10 more UK shows to play by the end of the month, including making up the two that had been canceled. On January 8, 1970, Led Zeppelin played their second show of their UK tour, a show in Bristol at Colston Hall. They were debuting a new song destined for their third album. Zeppelin had already played Colston Hall once in June 69, and Robert Plant has returned four times throughout his solo career. On the next night, following Led Zeppelin's performance at the Royal Albert Hall in London, Roger Daltrey introduced Jimmy Page to the model Charlotte Martin, who would give him his first child, rock photographer Scarlett Page. Fifty years ago, on January 9, 1969, Led Zeppelin arrived at the Fillmore West in San Francisco, it happened to be Jimmy Page's 25th birthday. Led Zeppelin was heretofore unknown, but Jimmy remembers this as Led Zeppelin's turning point. It was when we actually went to San Francisco that it really took off, because we were supporting Country Joe and the Fish, and I think Taj Mahal was on as well. And I mean, it was just like dynamite. Jimmy was right about the other acts on the bill, including blues singer and guitarist Taj Mahal, who opened the show. Led Zeppelin followed up in the middle slot, with their own take on the blues. Fifty years ago, on January 10th, 1969, Led Zeppelin continued playing at the Fillmore West in San Francisco, where they opened for Country Joe and the Fish. The band's lineup was changing. Filling in on bass over the four nights was Jack Cassidy of Jefferson Airplane. He was somebody Robert Plant clearly remembered when Led Zeppelin were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1995. I shall never forget hanging out with the airplane and seeing Jonesy and Jack Cassidy disappearing up the corner to discuss the inner movements of a bass guitar. It was a wonderful time and I don't remember a single television set going anywhere. Not even thrown out of a hotel window? During the band's first stay in San Francisco, Atlantic Records released Led Zeppelin's debut album in the U.S. On January 11, 1971, British singer Lulu recorded a song called Everybody Clap, which was co-written and produced by her husband at the time, Maurice Gibb of the Bee Gees. Part of an all-star band on the song was Led Zeppelin drummer John Bonham. Joining Bonzo in the rhythm section was bassist Jack Bruce, formerly of Cream. Maurice Gibb played guitar and sang backing vocals. Also on guitar was Leslie Harvey, 
from the band Stone the Crows, which is being managed in part by Peter Grant, who also managed Led Zeppelin. On January 14, 1973, Led Zeppelin played in Liverpool after having an entire week off. Incidentally, Liverpool had a singer and pianist named Jimmy Stevens, who that same month was releasing an album in the U.S. One song features a mystery drummer identified not by name, only by his astrological sign, Gemini. And that was none other than John Bonham. Don't freak me out when I'm not looking. The album's UK version has a second song with Gemini. Fifty years ago, on January 15, 1969, jazz musician Count Basie was scheduled to perform a midweek show on the campus of the University of Iowa, but the Count withdrew. Maybe his cancellation had to do with the snowstorm and ice in Iowa City. Led Zeppelin were a last-minute booking, and they showed up while the opening set from Mother Blues was already underway. Zeppelin's gear didn't make it to the show, so they had to borrow the drums, amps, and guitars that the openers were already using. While in Iowa, Jimmy Page told a journalist back home in England, quote, all the kids keep telling us they've heard the album and how quickly they can get it and all that, and we haven't even done half the tour yet. On January 16, 1973, Led Zeppelin played a sold-out show with a crowd of only a thousand. It was an especially personal show when Zeppelin's fifth LP was due out soon. Their special gig was deep into Wales, where Jimmy Page and Robert Plant felt a deep emotional connection because of their stays at the Bronneror Cottage. 30 years later, Robert recalled, quote, it was a very well-meant gesture on the part of Jimmy and me, intended to drag Bonzo and John Paul up here and give something back to the mountains and the people. In fact, we gave it back to some very uninterested, bearded, pipe-smoking folks who were not impressed. I remember Bonzo bashing away and giving me one of those looks that said, this was a freaking good idea, weren't it? Unquote. Fifty years ago, on January 17, 1969, Led Zeppelin kicked off a three-night run at the psychedelic rock club in Detroit called the Grandy Ballroom. On later visits, Zeppelin were to share stages with Detroit's most notable rock bands, the MC5 and Grand Funk Railroad. Cream Magazine soon debuted in Detroit as, quote, America's only rock and roll magazine and its first issue contained a review of Zeppelin's initial run at the Grandy. Reviewer Pam Brent said something was lacking in their live performance, a cohesiveness. But as she concludes, quote, even though they didn't turn me on, there is yet a good chance that 1969 will invariably be the year of the Zeppelin. Wow, how prophetic. On January 18, 1975, Led Zeppelin's 10th U.S. tour began in Bloomington, Minnesota, just outside Minneapolis. They played for longer than two hours, despite Jimmy Page having just injured his left-hand ring finger about a week earlier. At London Victoria Station, Jimmy had reached out to hold the closing door of a train for another passenger, and his finger got jammed in the door. When he played guitar again, Jimmy had to avoid using that finger on the fretboard. He found it impossible to play Dazed and Confused, so they removed it from their sets 
in favor of restoring another of their favorite older songs. This is Carol Miller. Thanks for getting the let out. Check back next week for another Get the Let Out Calendar podcast.